if you're going to start your own business, it's hard. So if you're going to transition out, the more you can transition into something that you're truly passionate about, the easier it's going to be. Like it will change. Like I'm the perfect example of how you're not in the same business three years later as you started. And you shouldn't be because you should be learning and adapting and growing. There is no failure. It's just about learning and growth. And I think the confidence piece and really owning your spotlight, it's something that people can't necessarily teach you it. Trust the process and have a sense of belief in yourself. Welcome to the Career Success Coach Podcast. If you're an accomplished professional ready to attract ideal opportunities, level up your career growth and create a powerful presence in your industry, you're in the right space. I'm your host, Sarah Macris, and I'm passionate about helping executives and business professionals become visible in their space, establish themselves as a leading authority and create their dream opportunities. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Career Success Coach podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Macris, and today my special guest is Beck Chappell. Beck's a marketing strategist and consultant with a passion for creating purposeful marketing. She works with businesses at the start of their marketing journey to ensure that they have clarity around what it is they want to achieve and a clear pathway of how to get there. Beck has more than 15 years marketing experience, so I'm really thrilled to start talking all things marketing with her today. Welcome, Beck. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Great. So why don't we start with a little about you? So Yeah, sure. So I do not have a traditional career background, I guess you'd say. I stumbled into marketing when I was 20 years old from a reception job at a real estate agency where they had a marketing coordinator that had left and then they noticed that I really loved it and was showing passion towards it. So I said, hey, yeah, I'll take over that job. So being mentored into that role and then went and did a TAFE course in the nights to kind of get the qualifications. I got a bit, you know, over the job at the real estate, let's be honest, after a year or so and moved into corporate where I fell into a marketing coordinator role, marketing executive role, spent four years in a really great not-for-profit. And then from there, I just fell into this, I guess, role of working in businesses that hadn't had marketing and needed a marketing function. Because there's this great thing that happened and it was all in construction. I moved into equipment hire. Wow. Yeah, very it's different. It's a sexy industry. <laughs> <laughs> very different. And I loved it because it was such a down-to-earth industry and you could have really great impact because most of these businesses had grown really substantially without any official marketing. They've been doing marketing, but it wasn't official. So I kind of came in and, you know, upset a few people, let's not lie. Yes, yes, I've seen that. I can see how a lot of businesses would be in that situation. Yeah, because most of these businesses, they're building brands and they're doing word of mouth and they're actually, they have marketing function. They just don't understand they're doing it and there's no like structure to it or strategy, which I think is where I found this amazing love of helping these business owners because most of them had started these businesses themselves and, you know, grown so far and they had big dreams for themselves. They either wanted to sell the business or, you know, grow it further and they love their teams and they love their people. They just needed some structure and love. So I sort of fell into roles doing that and then kept getting headhunted, which was a good problem to have. Yeah, it was really good. Gave you some bargaining power with the <laughs> wait, yes, with the salary. That's what you want to be 
definitely want to be aiming for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I got headhunted mostly on LinkedIn for the record. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and Not I, surprising. Yeah, I know. Especially back in that day because I've actually worked in my own business now for over three years. I fell into my own business role as well, let's be honest. In my life and my career, I've fallen into a lot of things, but not throughout, not without choice. Like I was presented, one of the businesses I work for went completely insolvent and I was given a choice about what to do next and I jumped into this other role where I was. I met my boss at a lunch. It's been eventful. (laughs) And then I get my last role was that I took on in corporate was just before COVID hit and when COVID hit, I guess, It was a role where, to be honest, it wasn't a good fit for anyone involved. I'd been promised the world delivered an atlas, as they say. (laughs) And I very quickly got marched out of that role, which was the first time in my life I'd ever had that happen. Yeah. Very confronting. I had a lot of imposter syndrome to deal with after that. And I was pretty devastated because having gone and achieved so much in my career and gotten into management roles and, and heading up entire marketing departments, building marketing departments, it's really hard to have to face the fact that, hey, was that me? Was I not good at my job? Or did I not check this out? Yeah, correct. Did I not understand And the that is hard. <laughs> it's really hard if you're promised a lot, like you said, promised the world, given the atlas. I love that one. Yeah, that is a really difficult situation. But it's also how long before you sort of worked that out and left? Well, I actually got marched. I was in my probation. I had started in the November of 2019. Yep had a six-month probation. We all know what happened March 2020. So I don't know if you can tell that too personally, can you, if it was right in the middle of COVID? Yeah, well, that was – I think I could take it personally though because I'd realised in January that I was pretty unhappy and that it wasn't actually a marketing role, it was events role. I was doing no marketing, nothing. And for (laughs) me, like, that's what I wanted to do and I was, you know, supposed to have direct reports. I had no reports. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then COVID had hit so I, I lost my job. And literally went into lockdown the same week and the job market had dried up. I remember I was offered this role as a marketing executive and I was like, why would I go back to being an executive when I've been like a CMO? And I got offered 65K, which I was like, oh, my God, is this all I can do? And then I was sitting on my couch one Sunday night watching my friend open her physical business the first week of lockdown and we're at a Zoom opening party. And I crazy thought, times, wasn't it? Oh my God. I can't believe, like, I honestly can't even think about 2020. <laughs> I just remember everything was up in the air. People were, you know, halfway through negotiations in jobs and then all of a sudden they were just pulled from them. And- it was a crazy time. And I said to my family, I'm like, I'm opening my own business. And they're like, are you crazy? I'm like, a little bit. And I had my first client within a week. Wow. Because once again, LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn. Yes, yes. I had built a pretty big brand on there and I was headhunted. So you had opportunities. I had opportunities. And as soon as people saw that I was working, doing my own thing, consulting, I didn't really know what it looked like at that point, but I put something into the world and a lot of people came at me (laughs) because they'd been wanting to work with me. That's such a really important point because I talk a lot to execs that I'm working with around you know, if they've decided to leave for personal reasons, whatever reasons they are, or they've taken a redundancy or whatever it is, and it's been a period of time, you're better off showing that you're working 
than sort of just nothing, void. And also if you have built a strong profile, you'll find people will start coming to you anyway with work. Those pieces of work can then lead into something that you really want, you know, as well, or your own business like you. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. So that's three years ago now. Yeah, three and a half. must almost be three and a half years ago now. I started April, so uh, no, just over three years. But yeah, and it's been, look, even in that time, my business has morphed a lot. You know, it's gone from plum to actually just being about Beck now. Yes. Yeah, so now it's just you're it's just building me. your business brand yeah. around your name. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit to before you decided to start your own business, what had you done in the market to build your brand? So a lot of what I'd done and a lot of what I hadn't done, because I think that's important as well. I'd made sure that my LinkedIn profile was Mickey Mouse in terms of I had it like my resume. I had all my greatest achievements on there, all the things I'd like all the stats, because I think in marketing, a lot of people get caught up with the fluffiness. And I was a stat scale. I was like, I've had actual growth that I can prove. So making sure that that was really, I guess, front and center on my LinkedIn profile, making sure like at that stage, I wasn't actually posting things. I posted very irregularly. And mostly it was about if I just reshared something from a brand, because there was a lot of back in the day, I think when LinkedIn first came out, it was your business owned your brand. There was a lot of nervousness and all we heard about went AWOL on social media and lost their job. We never heard about the positive side of social media, about people building personal brand and sharing and, you know, doing that. So I had made my profile as good as I could. I wasn't necessarily sharing, but I was making sure I was being on that platform, connecting with people, even if it was a recruiter that I'd met with, or if it was the owner of a business in an industry that I knew their business was big, but they didn't have marketing, doing little things like that so that options for headhunting were there. And just, yeah, really celebrating my successes on there, which a lot of people were quite nervous about doing back in the day because of that. Luckily, as a marketer that comes in and works with businesses now quite regularly, one of the things I share about is marketing-centric business, and that's about empowering your staff to be your marketers because it doesn't matter if they leave the company or what they do with their journey. Their journey is completely their journey. You don't own that. But if you have people internally that feel empowered to create personal brand online and feel empowered to treat themselves as their own business, you're going to get so much more growth for your business. I totally agree. Some companies are fantastic at that, like the startups. Some other people who work for bigger, slower companies can navigate it well. You know, and I always tell people, like, it's about you can use your company as examples. You don't have to be your company's brand. And then there's the the sort of like, unfortunately, some areas, mainly government, which are very strict about, you know, there's no room for, you've really got to sort of navigate a really tricky um, windy road to get any kind of sort of personal brand exposure. However, having said that, I have worked with clients who are able to do it. And also the law firms can sometimes be a little bit like that. And I think the other thing is too, when people see you out there building your profile, people will want to work for you as well. Yeah. So they suddenly say, oh, wow, I'm working for that person. Yeah, you become your own brand, but your own business. It doesn't matter if you are an entrepreneur, you're an exec in corporate, you should want to build that, especially because that's how you're going to be presented with opportunities. And it's not just entrepreneurs that are speaking at big events worldwide. 
there's so many different elements. Like even with my networking, I like to network with marketers within marketing organizations or, you know, people that are like CMOs because they're seeing the world from a different perspective than I am. And if I only connect and network with other business owners, we're only seeing half the picture. And I've actually taken it upon myself now with my LinkedIn to make sure I'm connecting with three marketers a week. Generally, I try to because I'm like, we have so much we can share. And that's what I love about LinkedIn. It presents an opportunity to connect genuinely with people. And, you know, if they're in Sydney and be like, let's go grab a coffee one day and talk marketing and and nerd out on marketing. (laughs) (laughs) So some of my clients have aspirations to start their own business. They might have built a really fantastic career in the corporate world and they've had an opportunity where they've decided to start, you know, just testing the water and seeing how they'd like to go to market. So I spend a lot of time with them on their personal brand side and um, really sort of nutting out how you package that up and put that to the right audience. I suppose, have you got any marketing tips for, you know, sort of once we have that bit down pat, what are some of the things that people could really benefit from knowing or mistakes that they make when it comes to sort of launching that business. You know, they haven't done a business before. They haven't created one. They're sort of just starting out. What are the most important things to think about for them? The first thing I'll flag is like understanding if you're doing it as a side hustle type thing, understanding your restrictions with that potentially with your employer. I personally never went down the side hustle route because I didn't know I wanted to start my own business. (laughs) No, that's a lie. I'd always had the seed in my mind. It had just never had any water. (laughs) So it hadn't grown at all. It was still always there in the back of my mind. And one of the things I think I did unintentionally was seeking out these jobs that actually now I look back on and I'm like, they were the perfect stepping stone into a consultant or into my own business. So one of the things that the first challenge I had to overcome was my own confidence and my own imposter. And I know like we talk about imposter syndrome a lot now, and I'm glad that people talk about it because it's a real thing. And the number one thing I think people come to me, and honestly, sometimes I call myself a marketing therapist (laughs) because I help people get through this thing of, I couldn't show up on a photo or a video, or I don't want to put my face out there. It's very real. It's very real. (laughs) It is very real. I'm very honest with anyone that I speak to about this, about how hard it was for me to. I'm very confident. I'm very bubbly. I get that. I'm extroverted. I'm all of these great things. I love the thought if I was a famous actress, I'd be stoked. (laughs) (laughs) So I get that for me, maybe it's not, doesn't seem as scary, but it does. I also worry about the way that I look on camera. Okay. Like I worry about whether I sound intelligent and these were all things that I had to get past. Cause I was like, who would care about what I care about? Why am I important? And actually one of the biggest journeys I've been on is understanding what I've learned through my career could be packaged up into what it is that I'm going to gift the world. Because there is a thousand consultants out there, millions. There's so many businesses that are going to be in your space too. And it's not about looking at the competition. I truly don't believe that. It's actually about what you do different and what it is that makes your product, your service unique and your opinions unique and why someone needs you over someone else. So for example, the thing that I realized that I did really, really well was going into businesses and helping them when they hadn't had marketing before because I'm great with change management. 
I understand the concerns of the people in the business when you get a marketing person coming because they want to change everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> us marketers are traditionally really annoying people. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And, you know, sales teams are very threatened by marketers. And, you know, there are all these dynamics at play when you bring anyone into a business. So understanding it and being empathetic and being caring to the needs of others in businesses was something I knew that I did. So how did I package that up? And then it was, how do I put myself out there? So once I understood it was, who is Beck Chapel and what does Beck Chapel want to be known for? It was about building my key messages that I would go and talk about so that people could go, oh, that's Beck Chapel. And she talks annoyingly about marketing strategy. And I want you to be almost annoyed by me. <laughs> it's like Tony Robbins, right? Like bad example, but lately I've been seeing his ads everywhere and it's bugging me. I actually paused. But you know, like he's so well known. Everyone knows what he does. I talk often about, I actually said this yesterday on a, an Instagram live. I was like, if you need to make your personal brand and your messaging and everything about you so clear that if I didn't know you and I had to meet you tomorrow, but you demanded a birthday present from me, I knew what to buy you. And like anyone could tell you what to buy me. You know what I mean? Like it's not People that followed me on socials for a while would be like, oh, it's Beck Chapel. Yeah, okay, all right. You know, I know she's got a dog. I know she's got this. Like, And it's about also like I think something we've been very scared of as well when building personal brand is bring that personal in. Yeah, definitely on LinkedIn I think too. I'm seeing a little bit more of it. Yeah. But I think there's more of a almost feel like there's less person. You can bring personal in without it being too off message as yeah. well. I've yeah. noticed a little bit recently where people are posting things and it's sort of like not really aligned and you sort of go, oh, hang on, how does that relate to what you do? Yeah. Um, so there's that sort of balance too, I find. But it's interesting what you said about the confidence because it's just so true. Like I used to hate doing videos. I only started doing videos in the last year or so. Before that, honestly, I was that like, I just hated the idea of it absolutely hated it and then before that I hate I mean there, there was a stage when I hated doing webinars and now yep. I do them all the time there's a stage when I hated writing posts and putting them up like it's all about time in the saddle and yes like it is. my very first I, I say this all the time my very first videos I'm actually not joking when I say that I must have done 50 to 100 yes. takes yes. in 10 different spots in my house and in 15 different outfits because I was like yes. oh I look fat in that one like <laughs> and I was so worried about my external looks because to me I know that that's the thing for me like and I, I think women you know we all do worry about that whether we now but if you shop. spend too much time worrying about that the how you look and then you forget the message you know, or you sort of like miss out on that yeah and people love to see your energy as well and they want to see you authentically yes you know the yes. one thing that's changed for me is I was very put together I'd wear the college shirt I would try and be corporate I was getting like people were bored by me because it wasn't me. And then as soon as I started showing up as Beck and sometimes I'd wear makeup and sometimes I wouldn't. And I know that there's this whole thing around dress for the day and, and you know, I still always show up looking like Beck. Yeah. But I'm less worried now about the fact I've got crooked teeth or yes, <laughs> all these yes. things that I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get in this alive. Like you can't <laughs> believe the journey I went on. <laughs> and, you know, just actually realising that it's not about, the way you look. It's about the way you present. It's about the energy that you bring and the passion. Because if you're talking about something that you're truly passionate about and you believe in and you want to have impact in that space, 
you should just be able to rant for days. <laughs> That's an interesting point too, because so, so sometimes the conversations that I have around this stuff is not everybody feels confident writing. Not everybody feels confident on video. And that's okay. There's normally a, something, you know, might, you might love to have being on podcasts. I do. You might <laughs> love being on stage. You know, you've got to find your thing that resonates with you and sort of go all in on that. And then the other things you don't have to go as hard on, you know, you yeah. can, I remember before I did videos. I started on podcasts and some of them were filmed and that was okay. <laughs> I could handle that. And then, you know, gradually I worked up. But, yeah, finding your special spot where you feel comfortable and your energy can flow really get out there, yeah. Yeah, flow. because people can see also if you're not being authentic. One of the confidence coaches that I actually met via Instagram when I first started, one of her greatest sayings is perfection kills connection. Yeah. And I love yeah. that because it's true. That was Erica Kramer, so just so I don't steal it without quoting it. She would always say, you know, perfection kills connection. I truly think it does. It is like if you're going to start your own business, it's hard. So if you're going to transition out, the more you can transition into something that you're truly passionate about, the easier it's going to be. Like it will change. Like I'm the perfect example of how you're not in the same business three years later as you started. And you shouldn't be because you should be learning and adapting and growing. There is no failure. It's just about learning and growth. And I think the confidence piece and really owning your spotlight, it's something that people can't necessarily teach you it. I think you have trust to have the process. Yeah, trust well. the process and have a sense of belief in yourself. One question I have. So I've been working with a client recently who has decided to start her own business and she's you know, going gangbusters. But one of the things that We've discussed a bit, and I'm sure you can shed some light on this because this would be it's a real marketing question. How do you develop the right offer? Oh, great question. So there's a few ways to do this. And one of the ways that I guess I did it was firstly deciding what it was that I'm good at and my points of difference because that's how you're going to sell it, but also understanding what the market needs. Because if you're selling something that no one can afford or need, needs, then no sales. No sales. <laughs> so really listening to client feedback. If you already have a client because you teed them up before you left corporate or however it worked, ask them questions. They're going to be happy to help you. There's nothing shameful in asking questions. And I think we're like, oh, I don't want to seem desperate or I, you know, I don't want to bug them. The worst thing you can say is, hey, can I ask you a question? Just ask the damn question. Because yeah. <laughs> if you ask them if you can ask a question, you've already asked That's a question. Right <laughs> and I think understanding who your ideal client is, I know there's a lot of like that is banged on about a lot, but it is actually genuinely important. I'm a believer in niching to a point. I think unless you know that your product is so perfect for accountants only or construction yes. only, like don't niche yourself so small that you lose a market because like for example with me I've had to challenge a lot of business coaches on niching because I'm like I'm a marketer I know my market and I know that b2b service or you know and as I said to you before we even started recording I have a, like outliers drop in all the time yes. and if it's the right for me to work with them of course I'm going to work with them but it's about really understanding eventually you find You'll notice as well, like who it is that you start to attract with your message. Yeah, completely. And the other thing I really, 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 really cannot highlight enough is patience. Mm. 
Yes. I am not a patient person. Let me tell you, I want everything three days ago, everything in my life. (laughs) I want a million dollars three days ago. I want, you know, I want a new car three days ago. I am the least patient person to the point my brother even jokes, that's why he came into this world early. I was two weeks early. (laughs) Patience has not been a thing for me even when I was in the womb. Patience is the number one thing I have had to learn in business and I suggest everyone goes out and buys a book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Asinger. Okay. Because if you're serious about getting into business, you are going to have to go on a personal development journey whether you like it or not because it's going to challenge you in ways that you've never been challenged before. You're going to find your ugly spots very quickly. (laughs) You're going to find those parts of your personality that you're like, oh, dear, I think I need to change, not the world. (laughs) And it's hard. It is deeply hard. Would I go back to corporate now? Probably not. (laughs) I've been offered and I've been offered very large sums of money to get back into corporate roles. And as tempting as it is, for me, I think I was always supposed to be in my own business. But it's not for everyone because this is the other thing. I want to say like a lot of my friends this year have gone back into corporate roles. Yeah, I was going to say I've had a few clients recently who've decided that they'd like to, they've been out for a while in their own business and then they've said, you know what, I've decided this is what I want to do and great. Yeah. I have one, they're like, I'm going to do one last big gig and uh, in corporate and then I want to sit on boards or Yeah, and I love that. And I think that's why this whole piece around personal brand is so important because even if I go out and created Plum like I did, that was where I started. And I obviously Plum had its own brand, its own identity, but Beck Chappell still had her own brand and identity. And that was where I decided to make the shift to be Plum Marketing Trading is Beck Chappell because my brand became so much bigger than Plum's could ever be. Yes, like Apple and Steve Jobs and yeah. Elon Musk and Tesla. And I liked it, all right? Yeah. My ego was happy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but I know, and I also saw that there was a lot more growth opportunity in trading as Beck because I didn't want to sell my business either. So that was another consideration. And I actually am very proud of how smart I've been about building my business because I didn't know that I had this side of me. But here she is. <laughs> and so one of the things that I talk to with my clients is around, you know, obviously building a personal brand and how important it is. And one of the best ways to do that is by putting yourself out there, which we've covered. But in terms of one of the challenges, and I know as a business owner I find this too, is just that, you know, committing to doing content, committing to showing up once a week or twice a week or just sort of making that time for working on your brand. And it's the same in corporate. That is your career. That is your current job could be your current client technically, right? So you've got to keep building that profile in the market. But the best way to do that is through content and showing up online. So how do you make sure you are consistent with your content and have you got any tips for the listeners today? Totally, I love this. And this is the number one thing people also come to me. I mean, two things that people come to me about, it's the confidence issue and then the, but I'm so busy and totally hear you. We are all busy. We are all time poor. Unfortunately, 24 hours in a day is not enough. So the other thing I think that's really important is marketing should never burn you out. It should be the fun part of your life and it should be building your personal brand should be the fun thing for you. The two tips that I have, the consistency thing is key. There is no point showing up for, it's like going to the gym. This is a good analogy, right? If you go to the gym for a month, solid, You lose 10 kilos, you're looking fab, you've got some abs, you've been eating well, and then you fall off the bandwagon for six months. All that work you did in that month, sure, there's muscle memory, (laughs) but it's not been for nothing. But it's also, I think 
being consistent and showing up for yourself and showing up to build your personal brand, regardless of if you're a business owner or you work in a business, it should be habitual. And how do we make that happen? If you're an employee, have the conversation with your management about, hey, I want to build this thing and I want to promote you guys and I want to promote myself. And this is what I want to be known for. You know, how do we make that happen? And it could be a case of you could even take your business on a LinkedIn journey or like whatever, wherever it is you think that you need to be showing up in the world, please don't make it TikTok. <laughs> but wherever Why not? You are, Why not? I love dancing. <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's worked for the uninspired and employed, right? They, yes, they're, they're amazing. Good oh trades. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do for me in my business and what I would you can just start doing for you with your brand is set aside time every week to batch for the month. You can now schedule posts on LinkedIn. So there's no excuse. You don't even have to pay for an external scheduler. And do you do that on LinkedIn? Yeah, you can actually yes. schedule on LinkedIn now. I don't personally. I use an external program called Sked. I use that because I obviously do a lot of stuff for clients too. So for me, it makes sense to spend the money every month. It's a business expense. It's great. But for the yeah, individual. I haven't tried it on LinkedIn yet. The, oh, the really? It works no. really well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So definitely that is 100% something I would just – I've got a planner that I use. I actually sell that planner. So that is something I can give you to pop in the show notes. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. That's great. <laughs> I've used uh, that myself. It's yeah, wonderful. it's a good bloody planner, right? Yes, I love it's it. great. Well, there's version 2.0 now, Sarah. Actually, oh, wow. no, I think I've already sent you version 2.0. Okay. Yeah, I do. I <laughs> yes, it, yes, I, I have got I it. That's great. So I use that planner to map out like what a month would look like. Now, consistency needs to look what it needs to look like for you. There is no pressure around how often you show up. I would recommend once a week. And that content can go from anything from personal experiences. So I love this personal work blend thing because we are whole people. I often, I love running a marathon and then telling people how that works. Yes, I know. I've seen that. My God. (laughs) But I had a horrible experience. I did a really bad time in my head, you know, and I brought that back to how that work, how that relates to business and things. For me, my entire life, I want to be a teacher always and I also want to be a student always. So in everything I do in my life, I'm like, how can I use this as a lesson for someone else or, or you know, what have I learned from this that someone else might need to hear or could resonate? Watching Drive to Survive. I found a thousand lessons in that yes. that I could share about marketing. Yeah. I was like, guys, like, you know, I think people get really sick of me doing it, but no, I think it's great. I saw someone do, I saw a few posts on air, you know, the movie air. Yes, I've been wanting to watch that. That's on my list for it's this It's a great weekend. one. And I've seen people use that as an example on LinkedIn yeah. for lessons. Because this is the thing, like I think everyone should, not your whole life, think about content, but there are conversations that you're going to be having daily that there's little lessons and there's little tips in them that if you want to be a teacher, you want to be a leader, these are the things that you need to be commenting on. If you read an article or listen to a podcast that truly inspires you or changes your life, like that book, A Surrender Experiment, I tell everyone about that. But these are things like, you know, and really reframing your content as actually, even if no one looks at it, you put something into the world that you don't know that no one's seen it. The minute you have impressions, it doesn't mean just because you don't get likes, comments, whatever, people have still seen it. Yeah, totally agree with that. If you want to step into leadership and you want to step into consulting or you want to step into your own business, you need to be willing to put yourself out there because that's the best way to success. And it's about, you know, what do you want to be known for? For me, it's about empowerment, inspiration, and yeah, being a, a teacher always, but also being a student always. 
So it brings me to this question I have for you because as we're talking, I can't stop thinking about Mel Robbins and how she, you know, Mel Robbins, no. the five-minute rule? No. Oh, okay. To me, she's got a really strong personal brand and she brings a real authentic side to her. She talks a lot yeah. about her anxiety or and her goals, which yeah. is another thing that's just pretty amazing. Talks a lot. And she gets on there without her makeup on sometimes. And other times she's, you know, dressed up and she does questions and she's really, really good at just putting herself out there. That just made me think of that when you were saying that because I think that's just important. Like just grab every opportunity and especially if you have your own business to be just constantly grabbing whatever you can in terms of lessons. So I love that. It's yeah. great. So who who stands out for you then? I've sort of said Mel Robbins. Who would you say stands out? Which ones? Oh, there's a lot of people that I follow. Like I guess on LinkedIn, I mean, you know, we know Janine. She's really she, yeah, and she's, she's very set Janine in Garner. what it is that she's you know, teaching the world yes. and the impact that she wants to have. But then there's like plenty of I need of to get her on the potty. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Like, <laughs> you know, and she often speaks to the same thing, but she brings that person. Like yes, that, she does. You know, and I think there's a lot of women in that circle that we know that do that so well, but just on a huge level, I mean, Michelle Obama, she's got a very strong personal brand and she had that prior to being the first lady. Yes. She's consistent. And I think that she's a great example on a really big level. And then, you know, there's people, there's a lot of influencers and I know influencers like, you know, but there's a lot of business influencers on Instagram that are very good at what they do. And, you know, like there's the Tina Towers of the world. She is very good at what she does. Like Mel Brown, very good at what she does. And you see their stuff, you know that it's their stuff. And they stick to their messaging. If you look granularly at it, there is strategy behind every single thing they do. They're not just throwing stuff and hoping that it sticks. They've got full strategy or campaign behind what it is that they're doing. They're also trying to build very big brands. They've got courses to sell. They do lots of advertisements as well. Yes. You know, they're everywhere. And very like, and I think like even when you look at bigger brands, that aren't necessarily individuals. If you had to buy a present for Apple, you would know what to buy them. Yeah. Because they've built a brand that is so human. People want to deal with other humans. We want to connect. We want to feel like we know someone before we're going to buy from them, before we're going to trust them, before we're going to offer them a job. Like how important is cultural fit now? Very, and we, and it just goes to show like that person, that it's just another reason to sort of bring yeah. your whole self to, you know, authenticity, all of this stuff that we talk about, diversity, it's all about people at work yeah. now. Because the other thing is COVID changed everything because we got insight into someone's life like we'd never had before. Yes. We saw their dogs, we saw their babies, we saw their naked husband walking in the back. Oh. <laughs> yes. well, well, some people did. <laughs> Luckily I didn't. I thank God was not in that world. But, you know, we had, I think it was a really hard, challenging time, but it has reset the way that we do a lot of the things that we do and I think in a brilliant way. Yeah, and huge opportunities. Huge yeah. opportunities you're willing to take those things. And the thing is you start now. You know, if you haven't started, yeah, it's important to start. The best time to start was yesterday, but if you didn't do that, you might as well start today. Yes. Well, that's a perfect statement to leave on. So <laughs> tell us, Beck, where can people connect with you? 
Yeah. So I'm Beck Chapel on LinkedIn. Would love you to come over and say hi to me. I love a chat. It's a problem. Um, <laughs> and you've got your own podcast. Which I I've do been on as well. So I've got my podcast marketing espresso where I do two episodes a week and it's just like quick, sharp, how to market. There's a lot on there about personal brand. Um, I've got some personal branding experts on there other than just myself. So it's definitely worth a listen if you uh, really want to start getting serious about that. I also had you on there. So that episode yeah. is definitely <laughs> worth listening to too. The other place, if you play in Instagram, I'm Beck underscore chapel there. I post probably a lot more there and you'll see a lot more of me because I love going <laughs> to stories and having a yarn, So, <laughs> which I'm sure is surprising for everyone. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Beck. It's been an absolute pleasure. And all of those things that we talked about, you'll find in the show notes and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. See you next time. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you've learned something from this episode that's going to help you make actionable changes in the way you approach your career. If you liked today's episode, make sure to rate, review and share this with a friend. And as always, see you next time.